right, everyone. Welcome back to the Be Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Murphy, joined here with one of my one of my closest friends. We've had a wild ride together, but welcome to the studio, Zathan Simpson. Thanks, man. Yeah, wild ride, I would say. <laughs> well, I always, it's like sometimes on these, like I want to get to, I want, I want people to hear from you. But sometimes I get so caught up in stories just because I, you know, I'm so excited to hang out with my friends on here that we just start talking about like our stories and people yeah. like that makes no sense at all. But um, Zayton, what are you currently up to? What are you What are you doing? Where do you live? And uh, what's new with you? Yeah, so I I live outside of Worcester, you know, 45 minutes away from here, and I own Blackstone River CrossFit, and we have just gotten fortunate enough to buy the property. So now kind of a landlord too. got a couple tenants and just uh, really trying to grow, you know, the CrossFit gym and kind of be a part of the, the new community that we're in. And uh, it's technically Millbury, but just right outside of Worcester. So. Nice. And I know we'll, we'll dive into the, the CrossFit side of things because the amount of history that you and I have relative to that is, is very dense. But you're also similar to kind of the big night fitness thing. You have spin studio or cycle studio, right? Yeah. So um, we have one coach, um, Ashley, who had done it at some other places. And we just kind of found that there's not a specific studio in the area. And, you know, we just kind of were racking our brain with this new property we have. We had this, you know, little space that we were like, hey, we could turn this in. And, you know, why not try? That's kind of one of my things that I've really been um, in the last few years just trying to grow at is like not being scared to just try something. And what's the worst that could happen? It doesn't work. Like, you know, we sell the bikes. So it was like, let's do it. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we, we started it. We started it January 1. Um, had some free classes before that, but we started January 1 and we're up to like 60 members in the first month. It's been awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. Have you, have you taken like full classes? I'm, you know me, <laughs> I have an obsessive personality. <laughs> I have taken all the classes. <laughs> I, I, you get in there and it's like, we set it up kind of similar to, you know, the rev style. Like, you know, we did it right. The lights, the sound, and you get in there and Ashley's super good at what she does and hyping you up. And it's like a club. Like it's, it's like you're dancing on the bike and it is so fun. So yes, I have taken all the classes. <laughs> and, and I guess, I guess if you're just listening to this and you don't know a lot about Zathan's background, Zathan was fully immersed in only training CrossFit. The goal was to compete. I'm going to try to find a photo and have Hurley, like put it up on the screen about, about you and St. Thomas <laughs> might look a little different now, but you know, <laughs> At that peak area, yeah. But then seeing you dive into it is so cool. We, um, I went with um, Marguerite, and I went to uh, Bespoke. They have a new location in South Boston, and they did this almost like instructor industry. Like if you were in the fitness industry, you could get an invite to come and and see their new space and take classes, and you know, just kind of like have a cool gathering. And Christina Muccio, who we train together, we do a lot of CrossFit, but she also does cycle. She does, I mean, she does it all. She was leading the class. And it, like the amount of hype that was in there was just, it was like those videos you see on there. And you're like, oh, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if I'd be the one on the bike hitting these <laughs> right. moves. And I'm like, I'm hitting those moves. Yes. So oh, yeah. Like, hit a body roll. I'm in there just, <laughs> bam. <like. laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean because 
you know, when she's up there and she's telling, you know, I'm like intimidated, I've never done this. And, um, I mean, I am a really good dancer, but, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but you get in there and you just can't help, but not like try, like yeah. try to do these moves and stuff. I probably look like an idiot, but I, I, I don't care. <laughs> oh, that's the best. And, and to see, you know, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to undermine anything as far as like a fitness discipline, but you know, it's like you have a CrossFit gym, CrossFit gym doing well. You now have a, a, a cycle studio, cycle studio is doing well. And it's, but what I see is like, I see the instructors as, as why it's successful or not successful. It's like anyone could get on a bike and ride for 45 minutes for an hour. Anyone could go and do, you know, and teach a class. But I see something probably more than I see in CrossFit instructors, just because you have to be, is that fire and passion at every single class that the cycle instructors have and are bringing to the table. And you're like, the, people aren't signing up because they're obsessed with spin. They're obsessed with you. Like yeah. that's what they want. That's a really good point because, you know, I know when, you know, go, growing up in the Reebok HQ, Reebok mm -hmm. CrossFit one, you know, we, Austin and those guys were always like, you know, people don't care if you have, have had a bad day, right? Like you've got to kind of act and put on a show even when you don't want to. And for them, I just thinking about like an instructor on a spin bike, like I can do that and still do all right, you know, acting. But like, if you're not 1000% on in a spin class, like it's not the same. Yeah. You know, so there's a, even another level of like sucking it up and giving the energy because it's a lot of energy that they have. It's it's so it's super impressive to watch spin coaches. It's so contagious. Too. Yeah, and the you know the people are just like it'll turn their day around. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, I want to dive in a little bit more to how you got. So now we know kind of a little bit. I mean, you probably have a lot of other stuff going on, but <clears throat> where you're at in, in the fitness realm, but what, what was kind of like some steps? Like if we just, if we start walking backwards, how, um, how did you get to where you are now? Well, you know it pretty well. Um, but yeah, most people don't know, uh, that, you know, I am from Oklahoma and I've always been involved with sports. I was a walk on at college and basketball and then kind of, you know, was just trying to find myself and, you know, i I found myself in the Virgin Islands and, and, you know, didn't know what I wanted to do. It was real young. And then, you know, while I was down there, I'd always worked out and, you know, been involved with fitness and sports. And, you know, while I was there, you know, I found CrossFit and, you know, I, f I found Connor and we became friends and just kind of, again, my obsessive personality is just, I dove head first and I couldn't get enough of it. And, you know, that's kind of where, you know, you kind of took me under, Connor took me under his wing and, you know, helped me get to where I'm at. And then, and then, yeah, you got, you got the job at Reebok and I was really upset, but happy. It was kind of a big deal back then. Um, and then I moved back to Oklahoma. And then when I was there, you called me up and were like, Hey, do you want to work for investment hours at Reebok CrossFit one? <laughs> internship. Internship. Is what I, that, I, can't, internship. I can't coin that other term. So I want to talk a little bit more about that because I think there's some really cool details that other people can relate to. Um, I know when you had first moved down there, I didn't know you when you moved down the first time, but you were, you know, you were going through some, some 
mental, emotional stuff. And we're just kind of down there, you know, trying to figure it out. And I remember you specifically telling me, it was like, you felt like what you had gone through was very significant, but you wanted other people to know about it. And it was almost this like, oh, like almost like this, like, what was me? And the reason why I bring that up is not to be like, oh, like this was a bad attitude. I didn't really know, know that of you because on your second trip down there, that's when we started meeting and when I, you know, we started getting to know each other. Um, it was the opposite. There was no, I want someone to feel sorry for me. It was just like, it was like complete and total, uh, ownership of everything you were doing. And the reason why I say that is, uh, Zathan had reached out to me on Facebook messenger. I think it was like, Hey, I definitely, I want to come train at the gym. And it was like, Hey, here's where our hours are open. And he's like, well, when are you training? <laughs> it was like, I mean, I, like, I'm like, come take a class. I was like, what's, what's with this guy? <laughs> and so we finally came, we ended up taking one of our other coaches classes. We took a class together and he was just super grateful, very appreciative. It's like, Oh, he just wants to train. And at the time I was competing and started to know that it was like, Hey, I want to go down this route. This is something that I'm interested in. I, I want to shadow classes. I want to learn. And that was, that was impressive for someone to be that persistent for that reason. You know, it's like, Hey, I, I don't, I'm not looking for a coaching job. Like I just want to be here to learn. And so I'm closing up the gym and he, I see him like walking through the parking lot and I'm like, are you, I was like, are you good? Do you need a ride back? Cause he was living in St. John at the time, which was probably only like maybe three, four miles from the, the cruise ship that are from the ferry dock, but it's, you can't walk on the roads in St. Thomas. And I was like, Hey, do you want to ride? And he's like, Nope, Nope. I'm all good. I got like, I got myself taken care of. And so I kind of finished closing up and I'm going to drive home and I see him walking. I was like, get in the car, <laughs> <clears throat> went and dropped him off. And I was like, that's, you know, he was like, I'm not, I don't want to be a burden on anyone. I don't want anyone like feeling sad for me. And he had you know, a smile on his face. And it was like, since then, I started, you know, being like, Hey, if, if he's going to give me all of his effort, I want to do the same thing. And it, and it made me want him to be around. And I just, I, I kind of want to hear more about kind of the thought process there about what, what changed, what made you start taking that ownership and responsibility? Cause that's all I've known of you since then. Yeah. I mean, back then, you know, I was, you know, looking back at the time it was, it seemed like this massive, you know, heartbreak and whatever, you know, and, and I think I had gotten in just a groove kind of like at that time of just feeling sorry for myself. And then, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know if it was getting into CrossFit and just like getting my mental health back, you know, cause you see it all the time. Once, once you start doing some positive things, eating right, nutrition or, you know, nutrition and working out, there's just some things that kind of naturally start to change. And I, I think, you know, part of that ownership did start to happen. And it was like also just, you know, which I kind of also learned from you. But before that, I kind of had that like n no one cares. Like mm -hmm. if you want something, you're going to just have to do it and try. And, you know, no one really cares that you're going through. But I mean, you've got your close family and friends that do, but it's like they got their own lives too. They can't focus on you. And so it was like, if you want something, you got to just, you just got to do it yourself and, and try to not feel sorry for yourself and, you know, be proactive in 
in your goals and what you want to do. And I, I kind of got not scared of doing that. And it was like, and you know, as I continue to, to grow as a business owner and, you know, dad and husband, it's like, it, it, it is even instilled more, you know? Um, but I definitely think that it's something that it took a lot of time to do. Like, even when you maybe saw that in me, um, I probably wouldn't have said the exact same thing right at the time. Um, that like, Hey, okay, I am kind of taking some ownership of it. Um, but you know, yeah, it just takes time. And, you know, since then in our relationship was then you took a job as a bartender starting at 6 a.m. <laughs> Virgin Islands, a little, little different rules down there. Yeah. But essentially worked hard to get this morning shift so that we could train together in the afternoons. So it would take the ferry across, and then I would usually train before the evening classes. And so Zayth and I would train together and then drop him back off. On the weekends, he would just come over and stay the entire time. And we would just train and swim and, and do all this stuff. But ended up becoming you know, very close friends, came up to Boston for an internship and then got a job coaching and then kind of pick up from there because we, we kind of went in full circle, but from, you know, intern, you did your level one and then from coach to now business yeah. owners, probably some steps in between there. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that all of those steps leading up to here were super important, but yeah, so the Reebok thing was awesome. I was interning, being around, you know, the best coaches in the world, Austin, Denise, Spencer, you, I mean, the, kind of the list goes on. We were all always having those specialty coaches. And um, yeah, so basically I did that for a, a little bit. I don't know, probably nine months, eight months. I can't, can't really remember. And then that's when Austin, Austin Maliolo opened up CrossFit One Nation. And it was kind of this good transition of like done being an intern, let's put you in more of a coaching, you know, co-head coaching role. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and during that steps, there were some awesome people around just kind of showing you the ropes of what an affiliate's like, because Reebok CrossFit One is, uh, <clears throat> I don't, it's, it's not your homegrown, you know, in downtown <laughs> CrossFit gym. So it was a little, uh, it, it is definitely was a little different. And so to see that side of it too, um, was really good. And, you know, I did that for a while and I'm always trying to grow and do different things. And, um, yeah, and the opportunity came back again to move to the Virgin Islands, but this time kind of in a more role of helping run and grow a community or, or continue growing a, our already built community. So in turn, CrossFit, One Nation, St. Thomas, did that for a while and we were really enjoying it. My wife and I, we were having a good time and I was learning a lot. And then the hurricanes hit, um, 2000, was it 16 or 17? 17. Irma. Yeah. Um, was it Irma? Irma and then Maria. Irma and then Maria. Yeah. So back to back category five hurricanes. It was wild. So we were actually going to end up staying and we were going to ride it out and we were going to stay with, um, Matt Mesh. and Julie. Monash? Yeah. Oh, Monash and Hino. Yes. So we were going to ride it out with them. <clears throat> and then Sean, Sean was like trying to tell us like, hey, you just come with us. Like we're going to fly and get out of here. And at the time, no one was really being able to get out. So the morning before the hurricane, we, Sean basically kidnapped us and was like, nope, like 
as a parent, like we are taking you and I mean, now we're so grateful for it, but we, we thought we were just going to be gone for a couple of weeks. Like, Hey, like let the hurricane hit, come back, start the rebuilding process, you know, with everybody. And it just, it ended up being one of the worst hurricanes ever down there. And so it kind of flipped everything. And, um, so we, we flew back here to Massachusetts where my wife's from in Northbridge and we were like, what do we do now? And I, my father-in-law owns a construction company and, you know, I was like, okay, well, this is what life, the hand life, you know, life has dealt me right now. Like I need to get a job and it's not ideal to go into the construction company, you know, but okay, I'll, I'm going to do the best I can. And I got in it was working with him for a year, but at the same time going to a CrossFit gym. And after that, it just kind of the opportunity presented itself. They wanted to sell the gym and we bought it and it's kind of the rest is history. And now it's just the, the process of, you know, growing, growing my own gym now, which is kind of the way I think the way I went through it was, was awesome. You know, in turn running a gym, owning a gym, definitely you learned a lot along the way. Do you think, I mean, <clears throat> I guess it's kind of how, how you look at it, but even your time doing construction in that, do you think that set you up better as a gym owner, as, as <clears throat> having your own facility now? Definitely. Um, I wouldn't have thought it at the time, but now once you're, you're in it and you own a gym, there were some huge um, overlaps in just business. So I did get to, I was kind of a, um, you know, assistant site supervisor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, getting to kind of see the whole picture of a building process and they were big buildings, you know, they're building stop and shops and things like that. And so I learned a lot about time management, about people skills, working with different, you know, types of people on these big jobs. And, um, it, it definitely helped for sure. And at the time you would have never thought I would have been like, no, like, but it is kind of cool how that, that happens. Yeah. And I think it's cool how that happens, but I think it is, it happens for people like you because you make it happen. What I mean by that is there's been probably a lot of things, a lot of ups and downs in your lives, things that have been really cool, things that have been not so cool that have happened to you. But if you, like you said, you, you want to do new things, you're not afraid to fail, you can, you can draw those lines. You can create those parallels by being like, this helped me because of this. And I think less than the actual activity, it's more your mindset of not letting it derail you of not letting it to be like, oh, That's I worked a, point, yeah. a year in construction and it was, you know, I got away from fitness and it was the worst thing that could have happened to me. And I'm so like, you know, lucky that this had happened, but it's like, no, if you can, if you can take something from every situation, like that's what's going to allow you to grow. That's what is allowing you to have this amount of success in this attitude rather than what exactly happens. It's, you know, we always say this, it's not what happens to you. It's how you react to it. But like, really it is in every circumstance for, from a hurricane to a, you know, from, from every piece of along the way, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows and, and sometimes are darker than others. I can definitely speak to that, but yeah. like if you're willing to grow and not have an ego about situations, like that's why you're su as successful as you are. Not because, not because those things happen to have lined up, it's that you lined them up. Right. Yeah. And I think now that we're really talking about it, I think, I think that came from my mom. Um, so my mom had me when she was in, in high school. Well, she had just graduated. So she was 18 
And now that I have a kid and I look back, I just, I, I can't believe what she did. You know, she had me at 18. It was just me and her. And most people would kind of feel sorry for themselves and, you know, look for opportunities to take advantage of the situation, which, you know, at the time was probably not the best situation. And instead she, we lived in an apartment on a college campus. She went to college full time and worked full time as an 18, 19 year old. It's like, what? Like I'm, I'm 31 and have a, you know, 18 month old. I, I cannot imagine me 19 in college with a child and taking that responsibility. And she just, every step of the way just was positive and, and kind of like you said that I think has probably definitely played an influence on me is, is that kind of mindset of like, Hey, this is, this is, it is what it is. Like, what do we want to do about it? Do we want to feel sorry for ourselves? And growing up, she was always like that. Like, you know, I was big into sports and it's like, you know, you lose a game or you don't play good. It's like, you know, okay, that's okay. Get up. But like, if you don't want to do that, you don't want to feel like this, that you have to do something about it. And if you don't want to do something about it, that's okay. But like, then you can't complain that you didn't make it or didn't get to where you want to. You, you talking about that story reminded me of uh, when your mom spoke at your wedding and told that oh, story. Yeah. I, there's never been a time at a wedding that I have like had more like emotion and, and even in the same sense in that, you know, it wasn't like, Hey, I had this really unfortunate circumstance that we got out of. It was that like, she's like, I had the best college roommate I could have imagined. And it was just, you know, yeah, son. And, you know, she had told a couple other stories, but it was just, just cool to see that how one person could be like, Oh, you know, you know, it was as a single mother and like the, like the, you know, dad not being in the picture and not looking at that as negative. And now like seeing where you are and seeing that it comes from those positive things, but I'm just going to take the most positive thing from this and we're going to run with it. And one thing too, that I'm kind of like, it's kind of hitting me now at what I want to get as a business owner and as an owner of a gym is I was obviously very fortunate to have a mom who was went through a really tough situation and handled it like that. Right. Like I I would say that's probably not a normal way. Maybe a 19 year old handles it, (laughs) you know? So like I, I kind of was spoiled that I was raised like that. So now like when I get people that come into the gym, um, we really want to, to be that person for them so that they can kind of have something in their life that is positive and kind of trying to flip the narrative from feeling sorry from themselves versus like, Hey, like you can do this. Let's, let's, let's think more positively. Let's, let's take these situations and learn from them rather than, you know, the other way. And, you know, we definitely as a coaching staff and, you know, as a part of our community, it's like, we really, really just preach positivity and everything. Um, you know, cause we know that not everybody maybe was fortunate enough to have a family member or someone who could kind of instill that to them at a young age. Yeah. And what's, <clears throat> let's say someone walks in your gym, you know, what is the process for them? What is, what is something that you've developed that whether it be different from other gyms or the same as other gyms, but 
you know, using that positive mindset. I mean, what is, what is a process? Let's say someone's listening to this. They're like, Hey, I live out in this area. I want to give this a shot. What can someone expect walking in? Um, so the main thing that they can expect is just actual caring for them. I, I think that's really just, you know, and I know there's tons of other gyms that do it too. And there's some great gyms out there. And, you know, if you're, I think probably most CrossFit gyms have someone in their gym that is like that and that truly does care for you. So I think that's we we make it understood that right when they walk through the door that we are actually listening and actually caring for them. Like, you know, I am a business. We need to make money. And that is just a side thing that comes from actually caring. So, you know, we we truly care and we're really good at just letting them know that. And then, you know, and it's not just, we care from that, that day one, when they walk in, like they see that the entire time that they're a member with us. And even after, you know, we follow up with people and, um, as we're growing, it gets a little tougher to do that, but, you know, trying to hire more staff and stuff to do that. But that's the main thing. And you know, this, and I care about coaches who care, actually care about people. And that's the first thing. And I really think that's kind of the reason we're, we're, we do as good as we do is because we actually care for people. Yeah. We, we were talking earlier about business models, like gym business models and, you know, like the planet fitness business model is, um, let's, let's get the price low enough where people will sign up for it. Right. About like, it. Yeah. And, and, and high enough to, so that, you know, it's, it's significant for them, but you know, at, at that middle ground where it's like, Oh, I'll go to the gym next. Like not, not enough to drive someone to the gym, but not so much that it, they're going to cancel it. And so the idea is let's get as many people as possible to sign up and let's hope that as little people as possible actually come to the gym. Have you heard that statistic, um, about that? type of business model and gym. I think it's like if, if like a planet fitness had even 60% of all of them, like 60% of the people that are members actually showed up to the gym, the facility wouldn't even be able to hold it. Oh, not even, not even close. Have and you I heard would, that before. I can't remember where I heard that, but it would, it makes total sense. And I would say significantly less than that. Probably. I mean, on an average day, you can expect about about 50 to 60% of your members coming to class, right? Those are on busy days, you know, we're getting, and that's, you know, all throughout the day in classes. But when you look at a business model like Planet Fitness, that's not, it's not a gym model. It's not at all. They're, it's a they're, money-making their model. Goal, <laughs> their goal isn't, hey, we're going to, you know, let's, let's try to change health for people. You know, it's like they have this, you know, like the Pizza Fridays, whatever, like, like, you know, call it whatever it is, but that's not what the business model is. Yeah. And I remember when we were running CrossFit St. Thomas, Chris Irwin, who was the, you know, Chris and Jen owned the gym. I worked for them. They were, I mean, you know, Zathan and I's secondary <laughs> parents. Chris would go out of town. Chris would go out of town and Jen would have to deal with five boys instead of just three because Zathan <laughs> and I would be there. Um, but I remember there was a, one of our members who was paying, you know, the, the full, you know, unlimited membership at the gym did not come for the span of a month. 
And so Chris refunded them and took them off because it's just a month to month payment. So we're only going to charge you if you're coming to the gym. But outside of that, we can have another member who's in here who's actually doing work. And that's, that's the care component. And yeah, the, the price is going to be higher than $19.99 a month, but that's because you're paying for what you're going to get. Exactly. And, and you can't, like Planet Fitness can't fake the care. They can't, you can't walk in there and be like, man, these people really care about my fitness goals and results because they don't, because that's not what the business model is. And you can, you know, in every different gym, you can kind of, you know, poke holes at it. But that's, that's one thing where you separate yourself from this is not us. Yeah. Like you, you are paying this money and you are, you know, let's say you come to the gym for a month and if you can tell me, Hey, I don't think that this is worth it. I'll refund you the money. hundred percent. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's, we lately in our kind of business model are really trying to get people who don't even work out in, um, and, you know, with that, we see a lot of people who, who have really like never worked out a day in their life. And, and I was, some of them have been coming in here recently and they say, you know, I have them fill out this like little intake form that just Mm -hmm. lets me get to know them a little bit better. And, um, after they fill it out, you know, a lot of them maybe have tried and they try for like literally a week and they go somewhere like that and they don't know what to do. And they're like, I don't, I did, like, what machine do I do? And what, like, and, and it really made me think that, like, almost, I, I don't know, what, I'm not going to make up some percentage, but, like, I would say, like, 90% of people probably need something structured so that they actually do know what they're doing. And um, because why would they know? Why would they know, go in, you know, a mom of, you know, three kids, they super busy, works 40, 50 hours a week. Like she doesn't have the time to like research fitness programs and come up with her own program. It's like, you know, I feel like more of these group classes um, is what people should be trying to uh, seek out. Absolutely. And I've heard, I've heard, you know, the downside of that, especially, and it's, it's always comical to me when in order to coach at a CrossFit affiliate, one, you have to apply, like the gym has to apply for the CrossFit affiliate license. And then two, you have to pass a weekend course. It's a two-day course. You have theory lectures, movement lectures. You go through the ideology and methodology of CrossFit. You go through small breakout groups where you are coached on your own movement. There's examples of coaching. And then you take a test at the end. If you pass, you're now a CrossFit level one trainer and you're able to coach. And people like, oh, like a weekend course and you think you're good. And you're like, well, the course is a weekend long. The instructor manual, I'm still rereading and reading. It has so much information in there. But if I'm going to be bold, like I'll go back and be like, oh, a weekend course and you can coach. I'm like, yep. yep, Yes. Because what's the alternative? Even, even from a certification standpoint. Okay, great. When I first signed up for training, I did the ACE, American Council of Exercise. I paid however much money. They gave me a study guide. I went in and took a test and they said, yep. No hands-on. No, no hands-on. No, how do you deal with certain stuff now? How do you do? And it's like, at least, at least through the level one, it's a crash course. At least they're showing you how to drive the car before giving you the keys. Yeah. And then the alternative to that is, oh, like this is, you know, this is irresponsible. And then what? And then this mother of three that you're referencing that's working 40, 50 hours a week is just supposed to go in the gym and figure it out. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, it's, 
And then you're going to, or they can pay for private training through the gym, which is significantly more expensive than the affiliate model. Yeah. The, 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 where it would go wrong is with an ego. If you take your level one or in any course in that matter, and then you say, I know it all now, of course, that's going to be bad. Right. But if, if you learn how to teach someone how to squat, deadlift and press, things are going to be good. Even again, even applied poorly, good things are still going to happen. Right. It's just a matter of uh, it's, you know, it's, it's the care to then want to learn more. And then to get in and have a course where it's, hey, we're starting off as an intern. Then you're going to shadow some classes and then you're going to coach. Now you're like a gym and an affiliate owner. And people look and they're like, oh, there's only like a, a CrossFit level three certification. But the amount of hours and time spent at what you've done, it just makes you one of the most advanced trainers in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think those people who, um, who get the level one and go coach and open a gym, you know, which you can do that one weekend, you can open a gym, mm-hmm. you know, but it's also like, you know, for most of them, it's like they're putting in so much more than just that weekend. Like it's ridiculous. Like it's so ridiculous. And if you suck, then your gym is not going to do well. There's not, there's not a gym where it's like a bunch of just like irresponsible, <laughs> negative, unmotivating coaches that they're just, you know, printing money because so many members are yeah. there at their gym. And that's why I also love the affiliate model is because someone's like, well, what's to stop, you know, someone from moving down the street and opening up their own gym? It's nothing. like nothing. <laughs> the free market is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And you know what's going to happen? If they open a gym and they care more than you and they study more than you and they do everything to give back to their members more than you, they're going to be a more successful gym. So what does that make you do? Pursue excellence. Mm-hmm. Because if not, you'll perish. Yep. Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, I, you know, when people, when people complain about that, it's like, then you don't, you already probably don't have what it takes because you're already like complaining about it. It's like, well, I'm, you know, where your mindset should be like, cool, well, I'm just going to do better and prove, you know, prove it. Yeah. I would imagine if a gym was going to open up one block away from your gym you wouldn't really be worried about your members leaving. Why would your members leave? Yeah. Are they unhappy there? Well, then they should. That's exactly, that's <laughs> right. exactly yeah. what they, they should do. They shouldn't have been there in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, those types of people too, if, you, if you're running a good gym, they've done their research on what other gyms are in the area and like, hmm, let me open a gym next to Rich Froning's gym or something. It's yeah. like, oh, it's probably not a smart move. And you... You know, they probably would take a couple of Rich's members, but it's like, yeah, I think he's, they're still going to be okay. Yeah, I think CrossFit Mayhem in Cookville is going to be a staple down there. Probably. Because members are happy. The facility is taken care of. The coaches care. The, there's so much that goes into yeah. it. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, just because a hot girl moves in next door doesn't mean you're going to, you know, go, oh, <laughs> well, this is here. Yeah. It's like, no. And you're happy. It's like, and everything is in there. You're taking care of what your responsibilities and what you're supposed to do. It's like, that's, it's, it's pretty simple concept that goes across the board with everything. Yeah. Yeah. What's new with you? What, what, what else, um, with, with what you're doing with this new kind of venture, um, kind of the business model, I know we were talking about it a little bit, but, um, you know, you were talking about like kind of more specific personal training, um, maybe high school kids and things like that. Um, kind of, I want to hear more about the, like the clientele that you're looking to get. So 
um, you know, with Big Night Fitness, we have a, a few different avenues of kind of irons in the fire. And the main one and probably the most front facing is hosting classes at our nightclubs. And we want to give anyone and everyone who is a fitness instructor in the Boston community a chance to be highlighted on a level of, you know, coaching classes at, you know, these unbelievable facilities. So still going down that avenue, but I think for me too is I got a little too far into the event planning, like helping others out as opposed to where my passion is and that is in coaching, it is in training. And so getting back to with our new facility in Charlestown, getting to an area where I have time and access to give people the effort and care of training. And as opposed to just setting them up and say, hey, you can come to this class or this. It's like, no, we want to get on a strict, consistent schedule. And really going down the route of shared personal training. You know, there's only so many hours in the day. And I know you've done it before. I've done it with like the private training. When you talk about driving to a different location, spending an hour there, spending the time on programming, how many of those clients can you have? Right. You don't want to get people that are in the same, you know, in the same gym training at the same time because it's more effective. It is. And people can be like, well, no, it's like, it's when you're training next to someone and you have the accountability and people have the same mindset, it doesn't matter what the weights are. It doesn't matter, you know, any of that. Hurley and I talk about it all the time about the difference between if he's doing the workout, if he, you know, if he's at his house and I send him the workout, the difference between how that workout goes and how he feels is significantly different than when you're doing it at an affiliate level. So taking the affiliation from Big Night Live to Charlestown and, and focusing on the training aspect and getting in there about having a, a membership, but it is going to be a, a, a very finite number of how many clients that I can take on and capping it to make sure that I'm giving them everything and getting the results that they want through there. Yeah. So the kind of adding in that new piece is, is what I'm, uh, is what I'm excited about getting back to. When, um, when do you see that kind of rolling out? Cause I know that I've seen, you know, some updates from the gym and stuff yeah. side of it. It looks like it's almost complete, right? Yeah, it's hard, right? Because like even your gym, where you just read, like, like when is it complete? That's true. That's a good point. I'm still, <laughs> and you're like, you know, there's there's fitness can happen in there. Yeah, but we still have some some other things and logistics to go over. So if yeah. people are looking forward to getting some training, and that's gonna be that's gonna be something we roll out soon. Yeah. Um, speaking of new things, you've got some new things coming in coming your way, huh? Oh, let me think. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. We're having baby number two in like two weeks. What is the due date? Uh, the 21st. It's a, it's a scheduled C-section. So he's coming the 21st, no matter what. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's different this time around a little bit. Um, so Beckett, you know, first one, and I'm not saying that I'm not super excited because I am, but the first one, it's like, oh my God, like I could, like, it's like, oh my God, I just wanted to get here, get here. This one, I'm like, oh boy, we're about to have two under two. Like, <laughs> okay, we can, we can push this one out a little bit, but yeah. So the 21st, uh, we actually just, Allie got the schedule yesterday. Um, she went into the doctor and 5.30 AM, we're going in on Tuesday, the 21st, baby should be here by 7.30 AM. And then, Yeah life's changed. Here you go. It's still so weird to think about like how like they literally just, they literally just give you a human being that you've never 
had any type of really experience of taking care of something. And <laughs> they're just like, hold on, let's let's relate this to training. Right. People are like, oh, it's a weekend course long enough for you to coach other people. It's like you have a child, like a it's human life. Yep. And they just give it to you. Well, I mean, you you make it and then they give it back well, to you. That's true. But oh, my God, and they hold it upside I'm down. They're getting like sweating, not just even thinking about it. They're like, hey, so boy, good luck. Oh, my God. And we were we had Becca during covid or coming out of covid. So with C-sections. You're supposed they usually keep they keep the family a little bit longer, uh, I don't know, like three to four days. And they didn't with us because they were like, we got to get you out of here. So it was like we stayed another one day. And so Allie, you know, C-sections, it's a it's a it's a big surgery, like an abdominal surgery. So it's like, cool. See you guys. It's like, oh, OK. Yeah. Home and you're just like, what, what do we do now? <laughs> Good luck. We'll check in in six weeks. Thank God they sleep a lot. So you're like doing lots of studying and just like, okay, what, you know, but there's a lot of unsolicited, uh, advice that gets thrown out. Oh yeah. And I mean, I think, I think it's, it's innate in us, it's right? Good it's good intentions. Good. Well, so I always think I'm like 2000 years ago, people were still successfully doing this. So I like, if this it doesn't go exactly, if the like the the new high end baby rocker isn't like perfect, like yeah, I have, to, I have right. to tell Allie that sometimes because my mentality is very similar to yours. That like sometimes I'm just like, hey, they did this in the 1850s when there's no modern medicine. You're running from something trying to eat you. It's like, you know, if he's not swaddled 100 percent properly, I think he'll, I think he's gonna be all right. <laughs> In the 1850s, things were running and trying to eat you? Oh, 100%. Have you not been watching Yellowstone? Or the, no, not Yellowstone, the, what, the 1882 or whatever? Bears and like just tra- traversing across the Midwest. Well, and, yeah, if you're living in Montana. Well, no, this was everywhere. Well, I need to. In New York City? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Those buildings, I don't know. Good point. Solid. But let but, me, let's, I mean, even let's, if we go back maybe a couple of years before that, or like, you know, like, you know, 500 BC. That was even crazier. Baby's still doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You just swaddle it and put it in a river and the baby's taken care of. Right. I mean, they literally did that. Um, it was, it was like a reminder that, I mean, I needed to have as well. And I remember, talking to my parents about it and like when it was my bedtime it was my bedtime it was my choice if I was going to sleep or not but like like yeah. and that like that door wasn't going to open again until it was time for me to wake up and there's like the oh I don't want to cry it out I won't, don't want to have like this stuff happen there's so many different ways yeah to do it and it's, it's all it's all terrifying what I like to do and I did it with you recently when you came with Ty and visited us mm-hmm. and we all went to with Austin and Marin and them to the zoo and like just I think the best parents are the ones that don't really always give advice but they just kind of lead by example and it, I really take a lot out of that. So like when you were over it was so fun and now Beckett's kind of getting to that age where you can play with them and and, you know, you do a really good job. And what I took away from kind of that interaction of you and Ty was um, 
you know, when she's not doing something that she's supposed to, just the way you handle that. And just, I feel like that's, that's something I've taken with Beckett, like being calm, you know, you can't reason with them all the time, but (laughs) trying to just so that you stay, you know, even tempered and stuff like that. And, um, so, you know, watching you watching how Austin, you know, interacts with their, their child, it's, it's cool to see. And I, I'm always like, I'm always like keeping that, you know, a note, you know, mental note of like how it's, how that was done because it's, you know, Ty is hilarious and she's so sweet. Like it's just, and you can't, you don't really teach that. You're just kind of, you know, you see what you're around and, you know, obviously you and Rachel have done an awesome job with it. And so that's kind of like when I'm looking for tips and I'm always like just kind of watching what others do. That's kind of like in everything though too. Yeah. I think when people are really eager to give advice, I'm a little bit more reluctant. Yeah. However, if I see something that's done really, really well and also done very poorly as a note to like, Hey, maybe I'm not do it that way. Maybe (laughs) I'm not going to go down that avenue. Yeah. But it's just, you know, learning, it's figuring it out. It's what we, you know, it's now, you know, what you were talking about with like the gym and with like the spin studio, it's like, if you're afraid to try nothing, nothing great's going to happen. And there's definitely times where I've tried things with Ty in my life at the gym. And it was like, I'm glad I did that (laughs) because I am never going to do that again. Right. Yeah. Because here's, you know, here's the input, here's the output output was not ideal. So we're not going to do this input anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That there's that kind of cheesy saying of, you know, they asked Thomas Edison how, how many times it took him to do a light bulb or whatever, how, how many times. And he's like, I learned 999 ways how not to like light a light bulb (laughs) or something. And it, it is actually kind of true. It's like, you have that choice of deciding, um, okay, it didn't work, but what can you learn from it rather than the other, you know, just like, man, I'm a failure. Yeah. And that way, I mean, you can keep it objective too. You know, here's, here's the, you know, here's the stimulus. This is what I'm, what I'm trying to get out of. It's like objective fitness, right? Is it working? Awesome. Let's take this and can run with it. If it's not working, great. We're not going to utilize it. Maybe, you know, always refine it, trial and error, all these different things. And it's, um, I don't want to make it like too corny, but when you think back to everything that you go through in fitness and, you know, I talked about this on a podcast uh, last episode about how much growth there is from doing hard things and sometimes doing hard things without, you know, reasoning, training for a marathon, right? You do hard things, you do something cool. That's awesome. But even just for someone just like regular and how easy it is once you're doing really hard things in the gym for you to be able to take on those tasks outside of the gym. And there's, there's such a stimulus from training that has transferred over into life as a dad and life as a parent. And, and it just, you know, it breaks down the barrier of, I can't do this because if you keep doing things that initially that you were like, I may not be able to do this, you start believing in yourself about like, well, what can't I do? Right. And those people who are so afraid to try, I don't want to do this because I don't want to fail. It's like that that's going to be the mentality that people are stuck in. And it's so hard to dig your way out of that. I get, I get fired up um, talking to people about that, like talking to people about changing kind of their mentality on how they look at things. I, you know, 
I have someone that I'm actually thinking about that we actually just had this conversation and I asked her, you know, well, like, what do you want to do? And, you know, she's like, what do you mean? And like, ideally, like, what do you want to do? We, she's a young, she's a young girl. Um, and she told me and I was like, and she, she immediately said, but that's not realistic. And I was like, why? Like, this is a coach of mine. And she, she's, she's an awesome coach. She honestly keeps my gym running because she's so organized. And I'm like, like, why do you think that way? She's like, I don't know. I just, I just don't think I can. And I'm like, you have to stop thinking about that like that. Anyways, so we, we've been talking and, we've, and she's been doing better about it. And it really fires me up to see her actually kind of going at workouts differently and things like that. Um, because, you know, I don't know, it, it's, it's been such a good thing that I feel like I've, you know, been working on. And I just, I really get fired up when I see people being positive rather than cutting themselves down. Yeah. And in my experience, my goal since 2012 was to compete as an individual in the CrossFit games. I trained for it and I worked hard for it and I got really, really close. <laughs> really <times>. close. <laughs> oh boy. One spot away multiple times and never made it to the games as an individual. I am undeniably better because of that. I didn't make it. Hey guys, I failed. This was my goal and it ain't going to happen now. I probably, uh, like, you're getting old. Yeah. coming up, right? <laughs> right. A master's and an individual, but like at that time, yeah. and you know, granted the amount of things that came from just not saying, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to give up towards this. I'm not going to give up towards this. And even the goal slightly changed when he had an opportunity to do it for a greater cause, representing a brand, representing a company, uh, competing on a team with other people. But man, like, like I tried over and over and over and over. And then as, as it kept getting further away, you know, it, it didn't work out for me. And you can go to bed at night and be like, hey, I, I tried. At least I didn't give up or you know, really get down on myself about it. Yeah. Okay. And I'm still training. I still like to train hard. And, but it's, you know, I was so afraid uh, for a long time. I was so afraid to tell people that that was my goal. Yeah. Yeah, Even like going competing at going to regionals be like, Oh, well, you know, my goal is to do well. I want to do my best out there. And it's like, (laughs) shut up. Tell them, shut up. Tell them you want to win. My goal is to win. I want to be, I want to win every workout and I want to go to the CrossFit games. And it, it, and I was nervous to say that because then it's like, oh, oh, Connor wanted to win this and he got second place. What an Failure. idiot. So stupid. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> got better because of it. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that I've done like that. Yeah. There's a lot of things where I've made it then my goal and how, how I can approach something maybe a little bit differently after not having that work out. And there's a lot of things that I've had massive amounts of success with. But it, it doesn't come without failure. Yeah. How do you know your limits? How do you know if I never were to compete, then I'd always wonder, hey, am I capable of this? Am I, you know? Why do we get so, why, why are we so nervous to fail? Society, other people's, other people's view of you. But, but yeah, okay, yeah, definitely. But like, if you look at everybody, everybody is failing at some point in something right? Like every, almost every single person has failed at something. So it's like, okay, you failed just like this person probably has at one point in their life. And this point 
you know, yeah, I guess it's just societal pressure on not showing everyone's failures. Yeah. Think about, you know, like the, the David Goggins of the world, you know, it's been a ton of failures that have led into success. And, you know, when he, like this first story about trying to run a mile and couldn't even run, you know, 400 meters because he was so overweight and his body hurt so much, you know, like those are highlighted because they put that failure out there. And, and now when he's seen, all he's seen for is success, success yeah. because that's, you know, it's, it's led from that failure. But I will tell you, not everyone has failed. And those are the people that I pity. It's the people who never put themselves out there to try. I was going to say, because they maybe haven't pushed themselves. I mean, clearly, yeah, if, if you're pushing yourself hard and just going after what exactly you want, you're probably going to fail at some point along the way. Yeah, or else it's not big enough. That makes enough. sense, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I have... That's I've, a really good point. I like that. What I really have been focusing on, and because it's so intimate with me now, and I see it, you know, outside of fitness, but like with Hurley, I mean, he is a, a producer and DJ making his own music. Now imagine making something being like, I made this and you put it out there and people are like, that sucks. <laughs> and you're like, dang it. Like the efficacy of this is if other people like it or not. Yeah. And you're, you're making this art. So any artist of any different kind, like I feel like I should, I should go down that avenue. You know, and when working with Ari uh, Lauv, he like constantly was like, why am I so afraid to post my timeline on Instagram? He has songs with billions of views, billions of streams, billions of listens. Some of the most famous artists in the world that he's writing songs for. Yet he's nervous to post to post songs and stuff to his timeline if people That's don't wild. like them. There's so many miserable people out there, right? And then to and then to see that like the people who are like, Ugh. that well, that's what I mean. There's so many miserable people out there that are like, you know, crapping on someone's. It's like someone else's art, right? And that's like someone and, else's and, passion. And just because it might not be for you, like listening wise, like that doesn't make it, like that doesn't make it bad. It's like okay, you don't prefer this type of music, but like, why do you have to? I hate people like that. I was there was there's some country artists right now that. I saw this like back and forth and like all these fans of this one artist were like going in on this other artist. And it's like, they're both successful. Like, it's okay. You don't like their music. Why, why do you have to even comment on it? Like, it's so dumb. Like people are miserable. Some people, yeah. they need cross. They need that yeah. mental, like get out of the negativity, but. And they need something humbling too. Cross is humbling. Hum very humbling. Because you don't get to get really that good at anything. No. You just get marginally good at everything. It is cool to be good at a lot of things, but it is also like, man, I'm just not good at one single thing, like really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Except for CrossFit. Except for, <laughs> yeah. Well, now I don't even know about that, but for me at least. <laughs> but I still have fun doing it. Yeah. It's so good. And, I'm, you know, maybe I won't get back to the heaviest lifts I've ever lifted. But man, doing the hard stuff, again, when I wake up and I'm overwhelmed by the amount of work that I have to do, it's a little bit easier to approach because I've done and I've had experience and, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? An adaptation in doing hard things. It makes, you know, a normal day-to-day task pretty easy. I actually mentioned, you know, the other day, it's like if you do Murph every day for a month, which you completed, how much easier is it to then go on a day that you don't feel like working out just to go get like a little bit of a pump on? You're like, well, at least I don't have to do Murph Murph, today. Yeah, no, for sure. I will say, though, actually, you know, I here lately, though, I have I've been like super busy Mm. and I I have like genuinely like no time in the day. It seems well, okay, I take that back. There's always time, but I've chosen to not take that time because I think that I, which I am, I'm, I've been busy. It's Mm -hmm. tax season. We just moved into another building. Like there's a lot that I can be doing. And I have lately been finding some excuses to like, oh man, I'm so busy. I can't work out. Yeah. But the awareness piece is a, is a big part of it. Even just you saying out loud and then correcting yourself being like, I just don't have time. Well, I just haven't made right, you know, time. Cause because I do hate when people say they don't have time. Cause it's like, if you get up at four 30 and do Tabata air squats, that's a workout. Yeah. There really is no excuse. There really is. But and yeah, I'm glad you said that because I, that is a little, that's good for me to take back with me because man, tax season sucks. <laughs> it, what sucks is just getting all the information that you need to get to give your tax person. What an unbelievable process. Oh huh? my God. Did you see, was it, was it you? I know I've reposted it, but it's like the IRS. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey pay, how much do you, taxes? Yeah, you got to pay taxes. And it's like, okay, how much? How much do I owe you, IRS? It's like, I don't know. You got to find that out. It's like, well, is this is this enough? And it's like, nope, nope. You're not even close. Try again. And it's like, why don't you just tell me? <laughs> no, we know the exact amount, but you have to guess. Well, yeah. What happens if I get it wrong? You go to jail. Yeah. So stupid. That's another just death and taxes. Yep. <laughs> so now, now, now it's just trying to, well, probably shouldn't talk about that. But. <laughs> now it's just trying to tax evasion. <laughs> <laughs> the legal way. The legal way. Like, let's just, let's use the loopholes. There's nothing wrong with it. On that. the next episode, we're going to talk about <laughs> <laughs> how to hide your money in the British Virgin Islands. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, it's awesome having you on here. It's awesome I chatting and, it. and uh, you know, seeing all of your success, both as a business owner, as a husband, as a dad, as a friend, and all of these things. And, you know, you wouldn't think, shoot, what now? What is it, 2023? I mean, like 10 years ago, you know, we were do you, hitting workouts. What do you, what do you think if, if we could show everybody, there's one memory that is like huge in my brain that I, I think about often. <laughs> And it's my 22nd birthday. Well, that one too. I think I know. Was it, which one are you talking about? Because there's actually a few that. <laughs> there's a couple that I prefer so, not to say on there. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. Um, <laughs> but no, my 22nd birthday, you picked me up yep. at the at the ferry dock. Yep. And we were just driving Chris's Jeep around. Listen I was 22. To, Taylor Swift. 22. 22. And like, we had no idea where like the future was taking us. We had no idea where we were going that day. No, we didn't know. Oh my God. I'm just thinking about how I lived back then. And like now looking back, it's stressful, but like, I I didn't care. Like I had like basically no money, like none. Oh yeah. I mean, there were times when I was like, okay, so I'm gonna have to eat 
pasta and rice <laughs> for the next four days until I get paid in order for me to still be able to pay rent and, you know, put enough right. gas in the car to get to work. And we didn't care. And we, and we just, and it was like some of the funnest times of my life with the, just no stress, really just like, let's just work out, working let's out, have fun and in coaching classes. We had such an awesome community of people. But yeah, I wish I, I look back at that that day specifically, and it's just like, who would have ever thought? Yeah, yeah. Just up in Boston now, just you know, and it, it makes me proud to see that to at least have been a part of that journey with you from, you know, from St. John to St. Thomas to Boston to you know everything else that you've done and, and everything in between. Yeah, Ali should be thanking you. I wouldn't. I would never have thought I'd be be in the Northeast, ever. One of my one of my favorite stories about this is, uh, we can. I'll, I'll let you get some final words after this. But, <clears throat> um, so Zayton came up. Him and I lived together in South Boston. We lived on Fifth and N, and we had one bedroom that we shared. We had bunk beds, and so Zayton <laughs> was on the top bunk. I was in the bottom bunk in a in a room in Southie. We split rent there. And one day, Zathan was tasked with um, going to get some supplies for the Level 1 seminar. And so Denise Thomas gave him her corporate card to to go pick up these supplies. And if you know Denise, it's like, you know, she harped for 10 minutes on don't lose the credit card. It's like, yeah, obviously don't lose the credit card because she had to go (laughs) on this market trip the next day. And Zayden goes to get the supplies. And as he gets back to the car, figures out that he has lost the credit card. But I paid for the supplies. Paid for the (laughs) supplies. And at some point in time between paying for the supplies and getting it back to the car, the credit card was gone. Oh, my God. Searched high, low, everywhere around him. When he was driving back to the gym, the thought process of, I think I'm just going to keep going back to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> I can't. I can't take this exit. It had to have been because she harped on it so hard. And you were before so, I left, and it's like, <laughs> it's like I know how to use a credit card and put yeah. it back in. And there, then but, I guess I was just extra nervous, and I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, she was so mad at you. So mad. Thank God she forgave me. I, I was like, <laughs> I thought so, she wasn't going to first. I'm like, so Zathan is no longer an intern now. Yeah. That's the real reason I had to go to CrossFit One Nation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if that were the case, I would have lost my job a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, you got some yeah, interesting ones. I told the story when I was on Savant's podcast about Vegas. Uh, so it's out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this point in time, now, you know. Oh, there was one time, too, with me and you. Not, uh, not that I know extreme, exactly what time you're talking about. Yeah, we were in the bunk beds and... Mm-hmm. We had gone out, and I was supposed to. You told me that was part of partly my fault. You were like, "Hey, wake me up!" Like if like I don't is, wake I up, I was like, "I'm giving you one responsibility is to wake me up." And you know whose fault it really was? It was James's fault because I had to coach the six thirty class, and James had just gotten back because he was training down at Cookville, but competed at the CrossFit oh, Games. And he's like, "We're gonna go out." We we're all wearing those shoes. Oh yeah, those pumps, dead iguana, the iguana shoes. pumps. Oh man, yep. Woke up, was not on time for my class. I actually had a photo from the 630 class all flipping off the camera sent to me. And then I was just guilty by association. <laughs> James, when he when James wants to burn it down, he can burn it down. Oh, yeah. 
and he can he can somehow wake up and just always be and granted like I pride myself on being able to do that but for a few can few you, very specific ones can you still do that yeah yeah Man, you're the worst I am the worst I am I like to think of myself as mentally strong <laughs> but, but when it comes to drinking and the next hangovers. day and hangovers if I have a hangover I'm I'm just useless and I don't know how I literally think that I get the worst hangovers in the world because if anyone else had the hangover that I have, they would be in the same boat. So that's what I tell myself to make myself feel like, well, they just don't know. <laughs> they just don't know how bad I feel. Oh, man. It's getting worse, too, for me. It's a, that's what they say. It comes with age. But it's not for you? I mean, I just, I'm not doing it very often. But like I said. I think I, that's could, some of the reasons. So I have actually cut back a lot, mm. but. Yeah, I mean, just last weekend, I came to Putt Shack. I literally didn't have much, like, compared to, you know, what I had. Yeah. And the next day, I was just miserable. Just absolutely miserable. Like, I felt, oh, my God, it was so bad. I wish there was somehow to figure out, like a, like a, like a pain scale. Of it being like, if you could like swap hangovers with someone, like, this is how I feel. It would be fun to see how other people perceive pain. Yeah. Like, like okay. You imagine, say this if, is the- imagine if mine was just like significantly worse than yours and we switched and you're like, oh no, <laughs> give mine back. Oh my God. I'm not going to, I'm going to say that that just wouldn't happen. I think mine are actually the worst. I would imagine. I think you kind of prepare for it too. Where you're just like, hey, day's going to suck. Which is why I think we just, I just do it significantly less. I'm not, you know, yeah, it's, very it's not, it's not worth it anymore. At one point, it was. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. <laughs> you would make us go. We would, we would drink and drink too much, and then the next day we would be hungover. And I remember one day you were like, "Let's just do something hard," and I'm like, "Why?" And you're like, "We got on a rower and rode a 5K facing each other in the sun." In like the summertime in St. Thomas. I remember I made you do that 140 on 20 off, seven oh. round interval two. That's one of the worst if you do hang- it all out. Like hangovers are, are, are mental. How can people find you? How can people find your gym, your handles, anything that you yeah. want people to know? So BlackstoneRiverCrossFit.com um, if you're ever out in the Worcester area. So we're not in Worcester, but like I could, from our gym, we could get to the Woosock Stadium in seven minutes, if that. Five minutes, no traffic. So we're literally right outside of Worcester. Um, yeah, Blackstone River CrossFit on Instagram. Zathan Simpson. I'm probably the only Zathan Simpson on Instagram. So I don't even know what like my actual handle is. I think it's Zathan Simpson. So yeah, but it used to be Zath Twenty Two. Love that. Twenty Two is my favorite number. Z Pipe. Oh God. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I appreciate you letting me on. It's fun to go down memory lane and stuff. And, you know, you've been a a big part of my life and will continue to. And I just, I appreciate everything you've done for me. Hell yeah, man. It's, it's cool having you come on here and, you know, the success of not just owning a gym, but owning the property that the gym is on and now being a landlord to other people, running the gym, doing the spin stuff, doing, you know, all of these things. And like, even in between, there was so much that happened you know, the pandemic when you were doing your own, like, you know, personalized training programs and taking everything online. It's just like your ability to pivot and cool. If it works, great. If I tried it and I don't like it, great. If we tried it and it doesn't work, you know, and it was a failure, we move on to the next one. But the ability to 
pick yourself back up or even have the thought process that if I fall, I'm going to pick myself back up, I think is even more powerful than picking yourself back up because, you know, in, in you're at the, at the most miserable point, people are going to choose, you know, life and choose success over, you know, the alternative of it. But going into it and being like, if I fail, I'm going to give it all. But if I fail, I'll pick it up and then we'll go on to something else. And I think that's why there's been so much success in your life and why every member of yours is, you know, enjoys being around you. I always love going to your gym because it's not just like a, you know, oh, this is, you know, this is Nathan. He's, he's, he's the most knowledgeable coach in the world. He's so great. It's like, it's like you're going into a gym and it's just all your friends. Right. And of course they know that you know what you're talking about with fitness. That's why they're still there. That's why they get the results. But just going in there and just being able to shoot the shit and having people like laughing, it just, it feels like a family. It feels like a, like just like an extension of, of home when you yeah. go into your gyms. And I think that's a testament to your attitude, your resilience and, uh, and lack of ego when it comes to just, Hey, we'll figure it out. We'll try it. Well, I really appreciate that. And again, it's, you know, I, I grew up in that type of, you know, Reebok CrossFit or Reebok CrossFit St. Thomas, you know, it's kind of you know, what was instilled from Chris and Jen and you. And so, um, you know, just kind of paying it forward and doing the same. And yeah. it comes naturally too. Like just, yeah, just want to hang out and work out with my friends. <laughs> Listen <laughs> to country music. Simple as that. I'm getting more into country music. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've always been into it. Always. And I, I used to never let you listen to it in the gym. I know. And now you probably do a lot. No. You don't listen to it working out? I still listen to it working out. I've been, I've been like not listening to music working out recently. I went through a phase like that. Just like listening to the thoughts in my head. Yeah. I, I went through a phase, but country is my number one go-to. Well, if you like country music, you live in the Worcester area, now you know where to go. Yeah. If you don't like country music and live in the Worcester area, you still know the place to go, but just harp on them enough to be like, hey, change the song. <laughs> Let's put some rock on or something. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening in. As always, uh, we will see you. We have um, we have another special guest next week, Eva Claire Sinkowski, going to come on to talk to blow your minds. I'm on, glad I went before her on the simplicity. Oh, she's just the smartest. She's so smart. She's and so I am smart. So not. So I'm glad. Thank you for letting me so, come on. Before so if her. you're looking for an episode where I'm not going to talk much, <laughs> that's going to be the one there. But. Just someone who takes nutrition from a holistic view and a simple view. And even though she has the knowledge, what well, you say, an exercise physiology, she has, you know, the, the, all of the degrees that you would need to have all this education and nutrition, but can simplify it down to something that someone can stick to and get results from it. And she's been in the game forever. So stoked to have her on next week. Stoked to have you know Zathan on this week, and then you're always welcome back here. But um, Thanks, man. Appreciate you guys listening. As always, you can follow us at big night fitness uh, on Instagram, a new handle that's going to talk more about the gym that we're running is at big night training, where that's where we're going to be doing a lot of the, um, the in-person training and then getting that on-demand content out to you. Um, so we can just keep moving the needle in the right direction. All right, guys. Cheers. Cheers.